We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today on the show. We got a jam-packed show probably on up there with the most guests we're going to have on the show since we started the show back in July of the 2021. So we'll have my brother. He's on every Tuesday and Thursday, for better or worse. totally kidding i can uh jab at my brother he's got thick skin um then we're gonna have on some uh team members here you know we've been having the efa team on this week so we're gonna have on our it director tony vitagliano and then we're also going to have on rob chambers with afa action he's also vice president of policy and governmental affairs here at afa wears a couple of different hats. So we're going to have the three of them on, including myself, and we're going to bring you up to speed with some of the projects we got going on in 2022, or we have going on to use proper grammar in 2022. So that's what's coming up here uh, this hour. So you're going to want to stay tuned for the entire show. If you want to watch the show, you can do that. We are live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. So go to uh, either of those platforms. You know, in the South, you have you, you can pronounce words differently. I guess you can up north too. You know, is it is it either, Bobby, or is it either? Either. It's either. either well, I say both. Either is only if you're from like northern UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I can identify from being from the UK. Uh, so it's either. That's the verdict here. Marty says the same thing. Uh, so we'll go with that. And then tomorrow, I'll probably or Monday, I'll use you know a different. A way to pronounce that word. All right, jumping into our scripture for the day and for the week, we're going. We're in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter four. Um, we're continuing the Psalms of David. Answer me, answer me when I call, O God, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your own beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart. Then they have when their grain and wine abound in peace. I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So that's Psalm chapter 4, the entire chapter, uh, verse 1 through 8. They're in uh, the fourth chapter of Psalm. Jumping right into uh, the uh, news of the day, yeah, this, this, uh, this January 6th, uh, anniversary, if it's even an anniversary, 
is is really being uh they are uh milking this if that's a, that's a saying uh for for what it, all it's worth and more in Washington DC and we 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 knew this was coming i mean anytime anytime people who are on the opposite political spectrum or ideological spectrum as the god haters and the pagans and the people who hate our country any time that, that people that are on the opposite spectrum of those people that I just said do something that's remotely critical or bad or, you know, hey, you shouldn't do that, uh, they ride that train uh, even past the station. They, they stay on that ride, and they, they circle it, and they circle it, and they circle it. Um, and so this is no different. I mean, what do you expect? You know, when you have no real substantive policy agenda to run on and your approval ratings are down in the mid-30s, what do you do? You point fingers at the other guy. Yeah, you point fingers at the other guys. Yes, the guys that are not in charge, but you point your finger at the other guys. So that's what's going on today. But, you know, as much as you can, you can look at January 6th of last year. And this is where, as Christians, we have to be, we have to just be honest, okay? So so let's not act as if January 6th was this great patriotic day in America where people's voices were heard in our nation's capital, all right? Because it was that to a certain extent. There were a lot of people there who were frustrated at the state of our country and I'm going to get into that, okay? But the the trespassing into the Capitol and the shenanigans that happened and in going into congressmen and senators' offices and taking selfies and sitting and standing on their desk, all of that going into the rotunda, going in on on the on the House floor, okay? We can't justify that. Not when the Capitol's closed to the public. As much as we don't like that the Capitol was closed to the public, and then you got people saying, it's the people's house. Well, okay, if Antifa goes in there, is it still the people's house? <laughs> no, we would say Congress sets the rules, the House Speaker sets the rules on when the Capitol's open to the public, and at the time that people went in there, it was closed to the public. How many other people that went in knew it was closed? I don't know. Were there posted signs? Maybe in certain areas. Some people could have gone in there thinking it was genuinely open. I mean, after all, there is video of the Capitol Police, like, waving people in. All right? So so it's, it's not this one-size-fits-all one approach. We can't blanket the whole thing and go, January 6th, you know, was a great day for America. No, it wasn't. I mean, but we also can't blanket it and call it an insurrection. Or as Senator Cruz says, a terrorist attack. Because it wasn't that either. But 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 I want to talk today not about all of that, because you can get into the weeds and you can take either either side and you can you can you can milk it for all that it's worth. But what I want to talk about this segment is the the context of what happened in January, not just January 6th. I mean, there was frustration building since Election Day and before. 
But I want to talk about the overall context, the historical context of what happened on January 6th. Because that gives you the full picture. That gives you the full picture of what was going on. We have we have a a a, a Washington DC. We have a political leadership that has been ignoring the will of the people for decades. And I've got stories here. I, I, I couldn't print off enough. I don't have enough time. But I have stories where both Democrats and Republicans, they do things, they, they raise their right hand, they put their other hand on the Bible, and they swear to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against both enemies, foreign and domestic, and they do the whole oath of office. And they run the campaigns and they they bang their hand on the table. I'm going to fight for you. Every average, every, every average everyday American, I'm going to fight for you. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go against China. We're going to, we're going to fight for higher wages. We're going to fight for the middle class. I mean, you can go down the list. We're going to build a wall. (laughs) And, and, And so the politicians, they do that. And then they go to Washington, and this is a stack of stuff I got. I have. They go to Washington, and they don't do anything. I mean, look now. Look now. They're literally not doing anything, and if they do anything, it hurts our country. And so you have decades of this building up, and then comes Donald Trump, 2015. Here comes Donald Trump. He's an outsider. He's a businessman. He doesn't do the smooth-talking political garbage. He tells it like it is, and sometimes it doesn't sound good. It doesn't pass the political correctness you know, filter. And he gets surprisingly elected into office. How that happened with all of the power that is concentrated and all of the corruption in Washington, D.C., how on earth Donald Trump got elected, I have no idea. But he did. And so then you fast forward and people are like, okay, you know, we got an outsider. Some things are going to get done. Our voices have been heard. Well, then the very same party that, that, that has the same letter R by Donald Trump's name, the Republicans, the, the Republican Party pretty much, I think it's accurate to say that they fought Donald Trump harder than they fought Barack Obama. We can't fight Barack Obama hard because we'll be called a racist. The first black president or the first president with a different skin color than some of the others, uh, we can't, like, fight him and his bad political agenda or his bad ideological agenda because he's the first black president. And if we do that, we'll be called racist by the media and then we'll be politically disarmed. And so they kind of, you know, use kid gloves with Obama, and President Obama just ignores the Constitution. 
and, and does all kind of illegal stuff. I've got the stories, the IRS targeting of conservatives, Hillary Clinton's running, uh, you know, classified material through her bathroom email server. Uh, that's not a problem. Uh, you've got the Ukrainian corruption with the Biden family, and you've got Biden uh, taking Hunter over to China to cut multi-billion-dollar business deals with the Chinese Communist Party. That's not a problem. You've got Benghazi. Whatever happened there, nobody knows. Lois Lerner lies under oath. Nothing happens. She doesn't go to jail. Not even held in contempt. And so you see that the 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 the, the occurrence here, the reoccurrence of the the political elite, both R's and D's in Washington, just completely ignoring the rules. Completely ignoring the rules while everybody outside the beltway has to follow the rules. Unless, of course, you uh, are a political pack that donates to maybe the people in charge. Well, then maybe you can get exceptions made. And so this is the historical context of January 6th. And then just to finish it all off, I mean, just to, just to put icing on the cake. Somehow this virus comes out of China. <laughs> about, I don't know, 12 months before the election, maybe even a little long before that. But we don't know, after all, because the U.S. officials won't investigate and come up with a definitive conclusion. And it's not as if we don't know how the virus got out of the lab and whether China let it out of the lab intentionally. It's not as if we don't know that because we have advanced missile systems that can tell you where a missile is launched in the world and the precise time and location of where it is launched. So we've got all the intelligence assets, we've got all the technology, all the personnel, all the informants. We have all of the intelligence to know, did China intentionally let the virus out of the lab to create a pandemic to then bring down their arch enemy, Donald J. Trump? We'll never know. Then the Democrats, the political opponents of Donald J. Trump, they used the China virus to cheat and break all the rules for the election. And then when people want to talk about the shenanigans and the illegality of the 2020 election, well, they're conspiracy theorists. And then they get canceled from all the platforms. That is the historical context of January 6th. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The city lies four square, its length, width, and height all equal, 1,380 miles for each dimension. The city's wall is 216 feet high, 12 gates around the city, with each gate made of a single pearl. Streets of gold so pure, they're translucent. No need for a sun, God's glory lights the city. No tears, no pain. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. There's a term in game theory known as zero-sum thinking. This mindset believes that if a situation benefits one person, that must mean it comes at a cost to someone else. In essence, if it's good for you, it's bad for me. Does your girl fall into this trap of zero-sum thinking? Does she consistently play the fairness game? The parable of the vineyard workers in Matthew's Gospel make it clear. There's plenty of God's goodness to go around, regardless of who might win and who might lose in a situation. Encourage your girl to find out she can be a blessing to others today. Regardless of the cost at which that good deed may come to her, God's goodness isn't a zero-sum game, so spread His love bountifully. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. Maybe the first time I've been surrounded. I've yeah. been surrounded over. Uh, by allies, not enemies, <laughs> allies. I was going to say the company you keep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got Wesley Wildman in here with me. Wesley? Hey, glad to be here. And we do have a full studio today. so We do. We are not socially distanced. No, there's no distancing <laughs> of social in here at all. But we're checking, we're checking citizenship status as you walk in the door. Yes, there you go. Uh, Tony, Tony Vitagliano. That's the exemption. Welcome to the core. Man, it's good to be here. Good to be here. I'm, I'm in IT, so I'm socially distanced most of the time. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. so I get to be out it comes with his nature. People. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you should be good. I'm good. I'm yeah. good to go. Yeah. <clears throat> well, hey, Wesley, I wanted to bring in Tony to talk a little bit about some of our projects. Is that um, what it is? Or you just want to just t- you just don't want me to talk? So you just want to well, take up my slot? If it was that, I wouldn't tell you. Uh, we'll just we'll, I mean, I'll let you draw from this what you want. I mean, seriously, right. I'm in, I'm in here twice a week for 20 minutes, and here he always schedules a guest during my slot. Come on, no, hey, on a serious note, before I get too goofy here, I'm glad you're doing this because we have countless people that work here at AFA, uh, around 130 between a few part-time members and weekend workers and full-time staff, about 120 full-time staff. And what you hear and what you read in the journal and what you see on the internet 
is not just the three people, for, well, not the five or six people on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We have a staff that's behind the scenes that does a lot of the, or does all the heavy lifting. So we're grateful to have Tony in here. I've known Tony my whole life. You'll recognize his last name because he's the son of Ed Vitagliano. And, uh, Don't hold that uh, against me. No, <laughs> hold it against you. So go ahead, Walker. Yeah, yeah, Tony, uh, tease, uh, tease our audience. Well, give us a little... Give us a little uh, historical, you know, I was talking about historical context. Give us a little history of the streaming platform and how it was developed over the past year and then maybe some features that we're working on for this year. Yeah, absolutely. So the streaming platform, the idea for it really was born out of this idea of how do we get, AFA has over the years produced so much uh, awesome content. And so how do we, the, the idea came is how do we get all that content into one place for our users to to access our listeners to access just fantastic resources so we just decided you know what why don't we just make our own platform um and with the challenges obviously of uh big tech we've seen over the last several years um how they've proven themselves to be this unaccountable autonomous body determining what content can live on their own platforms we Mm. just said we'll just make our own Yeah. yeah so that's what we did um Lots of months of hard work, dedication, and prayer. We have just such a fantastic team here that's worked mm. on this and delivered really a great product. And and I know, uh, can't say this uh, without enough emphasis that our, the response we got when we launched the streaming platform yeah. was beyond our expectations. So how many a, how many uh, users, not active users, but how many people have created an account on the platform? Uh, to date, it's it's close to eight thousand. Wow. So, I mean, that was just an incredible response. And that was since launching um, November, really, November 1st. 1st. Yeah. yeah, about two months ago. Hey, Tony, let me ask you this. Uh, for a lot of our audience, we they've heard this and they, they, they know what we're talking about. But there are a lot of people, like myself, who just delay. <laughs> they don't know. They don't. They, they hear you, but they don't hear you. Yeah. So uh, help them understand. Did you just confess that you haven't created a streaming account? No, I've got an account. Okay, I, I was about to say, you're <laughs> no. talking about getting canceled. You just got canceled. No. We had to create one. We had to create <laughs> one for him. I had to go out there. Like, <laughs> no, in fact, let me just say this before I get to my question, since I was so rudely interrupted. Uh, I actually have an account, and I used it yesterday in order to watch the uh, Dr. Alveda King uh, Cultural Institute on Life. I needed awesome. to use that for a particular project I'm working on. So good job there. Okay, so back to my question. For those that don't that, that hear you but they don't hear you, mm-hmm. what is it they're getting at this? Like, what what what's the what's the value and what are they getting there? Well, uh, to your to that example, uh, all of our cultural institutes that AFA has produced, uh, fantastic resources. Uh, I mean, there are, like you said, Dr. Alveda King's mm-hmm. is fantastic. We just added Brother Joseph Parker's. Uh, Cultural Institute on, you know, what it means to be pro-life. All of our cultural institutes, all of our documentaries. Oh, yeah. um, All of our uh, awesome shorts that we've created over the years. Yes. um, And even our uh, radio shows. So the ones, the radio shows that we have video for, we've actually started uploading those uh, daily. So that if you missed the live stream on Facebook and prefer to watch the show, you can go out to the streaming platform Mm -hmm. and catch, uh, catch the episode from yesterday or even previous episodes so we've we've got a few more coming up that we want to add to that. We haven't added all of our radio shows, but we're looking to add uh, a few more the early part of this year. And then really uh, one of the big focuses we're going to uh, work on is getting live streaming going mm. up. Okay. So we don't want to be reliant on 
Facebook and YouTube to continue to allow us to use their platform. Sure. So we just That's said, good. why don't we just uh, live stream on our own platform so people can have a place to go if we're ever kicked off of those others platforms for any reason. Now, Tony, <laughs> I'm going to do the thing that that people do to me. Mm-hmm. All right. And whether it's my dad, my boss, devil's the, advocate here in comes, the hallway <laughs> or uh, a friend I see out at dinner, it is Walker. When will the live streaming feature be launched? Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> You're on live radio, you, by the way. This will, is archived and recorded. Yeah, and I will give you the <laughs> typical IT response is, is when it is ready. Uh, <laughs> no, we want it, we want it to be well good. Uh, we want it to be the best product that it, it, that it can be. Amen. Uh, but we are targeting an early 2022 uh, release. So uh, we will definitely... You will be the first person to know when we have a ready. <laughs> hey, dude, here's what we can say, and this is what I joke with people about when I talk. We talk about deadlines. So you're telling me it'll be months and not years. Months, yes, months, right. okay, yeah, yeah. not years. That gives you at least eleven months to do it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, um, what? Yeah, go sorry. Go ahead, Wes. Okay, what I was going to add. Well, I don't want to move away from that that part before because I'm going to take us on, a, on the same topic but a little different direction. Am I okay with that? Yeah, absolutely, okay. man. Just right. as much your show as it is mine. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate that. It makes me feel, makes me feel That'll be in the podcast, myself. by the way. <laughs> That'll be there, too. All right, so we also have people who have asked. Um, these are th- What Walker asked when I'm about to ask are two of the top five most common questions. Okay, I've seen uh, – I'm glad you got your stuff on there. But also there's other people out there that don't have your platform that's being canceled. At, at what point or will there be a point where we have other Christian uh, education, uh, entertainment, uh, material for children uh, on our website or will there is that an option yeah so i can say that we are currently working uh with several third-party uh partners people it's partners that afa has worked with before trusted vetted and we're working to get their content uh added to the platform as well so in the future um it won't be just afa's uh, awesome content but we really want to expand the scope and, and make this a platform for truth yeah not just from not just from AFA, but for our other partners out there who uh, may not have a platform. Yeah, that's great. Well, so, good. yes, third-party content yeah. is, is is on the table for yeah, sure. It is. and we'll, But we'll obviously do our part on our end to make sure we're vetted and we've done our part, do, our due diligence, but that's an option. Yeah. So that's good. Yep. Uh, Tony, tell our audience a little bit about the Resource Center. We did the the rebrand of the name of what was our store was is now our Resource Center. It's been that way for at least six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talk a little bit about the web side of things. Yeah, so we uh, have been working on for several months um, kind of a redesign uh, from the inside out of our resources uh, center, the site at least. So resources.afa.net is where you can go to see the new site that recently just launched actually just yesterday. And basically it's it's um, more intuitive. Uh, the design is cleaner, easier to navigate, and um, you'll actually – we're looking at integrating the account that you create in um, uh, for the store, being able to integrate that with the streaming platform so that you can use the same account to uh, access both of those platforms. So. That's exciting. And I know we've talked about even uh, when we ha- now that we have the ability to link your login credentials for the, re- for the resource center to the streaming platform and vice versa, uh, also being able down the road – should we create other sites and platforms that you need an account for, maybe to register for an event, event yeah. to go see right. Wesley at a donor event? Right. Uh, you can do that with the same credentials. So 
a lot of possibilities there uh, that we're looking at. Right. Yeah. You know, nobody likes having 50 accounts and 50 passwords for <laughs> yeah. everything. Sure. So we want to, one of the, one of our goals is to uh, make it more accessible for people to log in. Basically using, you can think of a concept as your AFA account. So you can take those mm. same credentials, log into the streaming platform, see all of your, your watch list, see the content you've watched there, take those same credentials, log into afa.net and register for an event coming yes. up and you know it would pull your information in you don't have to enter in all your information it's already tied to your account just yeah. making things easy to navigate across multiple sites now Excellent. you're talking to me i like it yes yeah. I like yeah. user friendly hey another thing that's important to mention to our audience as we talk about the streaming platform and all the work that y'all are doing over there that is that the streaming platform provides two different alternatives so you have a free version but you can access, I'm throwing out a number here, you correct me if I'm wrong, about probably about 70 or 80% of the content on there. Or is it a little higher, a little lower? Uh, that's uh, for the free account? For the free account. Uh, I would say it's probably uh, a little lower than that. A little lower? Okay, yeah. probably. You get access to the, uh, to the shows. Also, sure. those are provided for free. Uh, and then there's some great documentaries that are yeah, on yeah. there provide for free. So probably 50%, yeah. let's give or take, yeah. you get the access for free. Correct. You just put your, all you do is put it... You create an account, which mm -hmm. is an email and a password, and after that, your computer will be like my phone. It saves the password, saves the account. I just log in on the free account. However, if you give a contribution to AFA, a monthly contribution of $30 or more. Any amount with the streaming platform. Any, okay, the streaming platform. Yeah. But there's any right. amount of a monthly contribution. So you say to AFA, look, I'm committing to giving you a $15, a $30, a $50 monthly gift. Like my wife and I do, we, we support AFA monthly. At that point, you get access to 100% of the content on there, which is a lot, a lot of uh, financial investment on there because there's a lot of resources on there that cost money and cost time that is very, very excellent. And so much of that content on there could be used in a Sunday school class, could be used in a uh, weekend men's program. Yeah. There's a lot there. So two accounts, a free one and one where you get access to everything through a monthly contribution. Yep, absolutely. All right, brother, thank you, Tony. Yeah, thanks Come for having on, me. man. Good, man. Yes, sir. Air, air bump, social yeah. distancing. Right <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> I was sniffling the other day, so you might want to <laughs> stay away from me. So. Hey, that Omicron, Walker, speaking about uh, sniffling and um, uh, COVID, and, and the Omicron apparently, apparently is not as big of a deal as the first two variants. Yes. It's even uh, not... Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, the first two variants weren't as bad as they said it was going to be, yeah. but even the Omicron's not. So much so that there's seven ways that the left has flipped on the COVID since the Omicron has come out, since we have discovered that that is a new variant of the COVID. And a couple of those ways, I just wanted to go over here with the final minutes we've got left. If you remember, in-person schooling, Walker, and by the way, the resource that I uh, I have for my topic today comes from the Federalist.com, the Federalist.com. But in-person schooling, if you remember, they say can't do it. No way we can sacrifice the health of the children This is uh, and the teachers. Can't do it. Well, now, uh, ever since uh, Omicron has come out, they have, I think his name, if I'm pronouncing this right, the Secretary of Education, Miguel Card Cardion Cardona, sorry, Miguel Cardona, Secretary of Education is now saying, how can we not let them go to school because they would suffer, they've already suffered enough? So we go from, huh. no, you can't go to school, 
to you, how can you not go to school? And to your point, it's all about who is saying that. Yes. So if the Trump administration would have dared to say, hey, let's keep kids in school because they're at extremely low risk Mm -hmm. of having issues here, not to mention the science really isn't on the side of, hey, let's quarantine everybody. Yes. Uh, Even epidemiologists say, hey, that's a terrible idea. Um, But now... The Biden administration is saying, hey, let's keep kids in school, and the media and everybody else is going, you know what? That's really wise. Yes, and I'm glad and that we have common ground at times, and I'm glad they're they're changing their mind on these things. However, the reason I'm bringing it up, because I am glad they're doing it, what I'm bringing it up is to point out that for, for, for so long, the first three to six months, there was a lot of uh, learning, and it was all new. But for I would say at least for the last year minimum, it has been politicized yes. and not used as science and not used because there's so much that we know now that we didn't know then. And they continue on in this uh, fear mongering. They continue on in this uh, shaming and uh, that. that. So it's a good I'm glad they're changing it. But I just uh, pointed out a lot of the hypocrisy. We, Another we, thing is we really the, need an apology. Yeah, oh, we do. For yeah. all that calling people yeah. like us anti-science yeah. and, and, and murderers. That's true. Yeah, because they, 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 they obviously went too far there. Just a couple more, we'll speed through these. But uh, one of my uh, the ones that just irks me uh, the most is that quarantine link that was 14 days originally. <laughs> that was just bizarre. I, I, there is no virus that lasts 14 days. What is, uh, it, what is it now, Wesley? It, well, it went from 14 to 10, and now it's at 5. And we know now that uh, there was a particular lady – on uh news the other day that, that pretty much said she, who she representing it was um i'll tell you what she said and you if you can remember who it was that'd be great but she basically said we've we've studied people's behavior walensky yeah that was a cdc director cdc director she said we're pretty, we've pretty much, yeah we're pretty much studied people's behavior and they're just not they're not they're not going by the quarantine so we're just going to lower yeah so there's no science behind it's a point uh point of, and i agree with her people are doing that but yeah. there's no science behind it right uh testing positive uh, hospital hospitalization versus cases. That's, there's a big difference there. Absolutely, there's a big difference in hospitalization and cases. Back in the day, we didn't test people who didn't have symptoms oh. for, for a flu, for a strep. If you didn't have a symptom, we didn't test you. We, we this this episode just got yanked from YouTube. Yeah, it's too much for. truth in about a three minute package. Yeah, there's a lot more there. Hey, look, I know <laughs> we're coming up at the end of the program. I just want to encourage everybody to take a moment to go to the streaming platform, check it out. There's a lot of good content there, a lot of good free content, and thankful for the IT team for all they provided for us. All right, Wesley, thanks for coming on hey, the show. Hey, glad to be on. All right, there you have it. AFA at the core. Tony Vitagliano and Wesley Wildman are my guests this segment. We'll be back in just a few minutes with another guest. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, Mm -hmm. but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. 
What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. On American Family Radio, this is Barry McGuire. I'm a car guy here to help you understand God's purpose for your life through the eyes of a layman. Have you considered that when you share your faith with someone who's lost, the presence of God is there in the very same manner as when you participate in the Lord's Supper? I highly recommend the book, The Sacrament of Evangelism by Jerry Rood and Stan Guthrie. It's a powerfully written book about the presence of God in everything we do, especially evangelism. You see, we can't get ahead of God. No matter who we reach out to, to share our faith, God's already working with that person. He's probably orchestrated your being in their path at that very moment. It's not a matter of whether or not he's there before you, but whether or not you're courageous enough to participate with him. And sadly, when you're not, you miss out on his greatest blessings. Your job is to ignite revival outside the walls of your church by moving everyone every day closer to Jesus. For help doing that, go to ROTW.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show. If you missed anything for the past two from the past two segments, you can always go to our website, AFR.net, or the American Family Radio app, and you can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, on those platforms. Also, we're on a couple third-party platforms, Apple, Android, Spotify. You can also subscribe to the podcast and listen on those platforms. So be sure to do that if you missed any of the show or you want to go back and listen to past shows. In studio with me is Rob Chambers, Vice President of Policy and Legislative Affairs for American Family Association, also uh, Executive VP over at AFA Action, which is a governmental affairs affiliate of AFA. Rob Glad to have you on the show. Thanks, Walker. Glad uh, to be here. Rob, before we jump into some of the exciting projects that AFA and AFA Action are working on for this year, heading into the midterms, um, I want to tease out a little bit about uh, about what it means to be a rhino, because I use that term on the show, and I talk about how the Republicans got their issues, too. Uh, I even ranted and raved first segment about how, you know, many of these people that run as Republicans go to Washington, D.C., 
and they really do nothing of substance that they campaigned on. Uh, that's why they're called rhinos, Republicans in name only. Um, then they get tied up in the swamp, start drinking the Potomac River Kool-Aid, and then before you know it, uh, they are sealed into Congress or Senate uh, for life, and uh, it's really hard to uh, pull them out of that rotation uh, through the ballot box, mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk a little bit about this dilemma that a lot of conservatives have with Republicans who don't do what they said they would do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people, they run for office. They they say they're going to they, – they're Republican, that they're conservative, that they abide by the conservative principles of the, of the GOP party platform. You know, they're pro-life. They're fiscal conservatives. They're social, quote, social conservatives, meaning they, they're, um, they, they would adhere to traditional – views or biblical views on marriage and human sexuality and things like that. And then they, once they get elected, then they go uh, into office and either at the, uh, either at the local uh, state or federal level. And so they get into place, into power, and then they either a uh, do nothing that, that proves that they are actually a quote conservative or they, they, they jump in the uh, rhino boat and they go downstream with the Democrat Party on mm. a lot of these issues. And so then they become embedded, as you said, uh, indicated, they become in, embedded into the political apparatus and they become very hard to get unelected. Yeah. Uh, you look at Mitch McConnell, for example, and uh, you know he's done some great things. He, I've you got know, a story on yeah. him. <laughs> wow. The laundry His list. ears are burning. You know, McConnell, here's the thing, folks. There are there are people that we're talking about that you can say with a straight face and be honest, they do they have done good things. That statement. They mm-hmm. have done good things. You can say that about everybody. You can the most rugged right. the most rugged criminals, you can look at their life from childhood all the way to their age now. And you can find some things where you can say that was a that was a good thing that they did, genuinely good thing. They maybe helped somebody, gave somebody money, you know, whatever they did, changed a flat tire. You, you can go down the list. All right, that that in that statement does not make people immune to other major issues, disqualifying issues. And McConnell, he falls in that boat, and so right. do so many others. Look. Mitch McConnell, he did fight off Merrick Garland, mm-hmm. which was probably the most courageous thing he did in his whole career. Um, and I'm not being cynical there because there was a lot of pressure to push that nomination through. Then he went ahead and approved, and and, and I wouldn't say he rushed through Trump's judges. He allowed them through, <laughs> which somehow allowing yeah. the judicial nominees through uh, of a uh, ally president is somehow now courageous. That should be that should be Rob considered like status quo. Like it's expected mm-hmm. that you make sure that your ally president or your same party president gets his nominees through. Mm-hmm. But somehow that was labeled as courageous on behalf of McConnell. Yeah, I mean they they slow walked uh, that that whole uh, process. I mean Trump had you know, it was clear he made these nominations uh, early on in the administration and the uh, the Judi- Senate Judiciary Committee uh, and under. McConnell's leadership, you know, they, they slow walked, slow walked a lot of these and, 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 and some of those nominees, they, they, they got put up there without Trump's really understanding of who they were. And and we could talk about that another time, but, but yeah, they, they, uh, they, they are just slow to, um, 
you know, get and the what, job done. Yeah, and when we say that, uh, a lot of people don't they don't look into the the inner inner workings of Congress, and I think that's why so many voters really don't understand what we're talking about because they look at McConnell and and, and not just McConnell. You look at Lindsey Graham. You look at Senator Roger Wicker from Mississippi. You look at at all kinds of senators, and you go, man, they sure do say the right thing. But 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 the problem with the the um, let's go. Well, let me let me let me focus on these judici- the judicial nominees of the Trump administration. I know people are like, that's history. Why are we talking about that? It's important to understand how this stuff works. So the Democrats were literally pulling every tool out of their pocket to 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 stonewall the Trump administration from getting their judges on the federal bench. Mm-hmm. So then then the question arises, well, what did the Republicans do to fight back against the stonewalling and the slow walking of the Democrats? And the answer to that is Republicans hardly did anything. I mean, they just kind of sat on their hands and let the Democrats create a massive logjam of, of federal nominees, and that is a problem. Uh, the, the Republicans should have fought harder from day one to use every tool at their disposal to streamline the Trump administration judicial nominees and nominees for executive agencies as uh, well. Well, I think, you know, one thing is is when, when right after Trump got elected, he had a transition team. And what people uh, tend to forget is that, that I think Trump, uh, President Trump had a, a, a good transition team in place and uh, but the the political party political apparatus got engaged there. Uh, many of those people that were on that transition team were removed, and then you had. Is that uh, when Chris Christie was booted? That was when Chris Christie was booted, uh, and and others were 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 kicked off of that. Then you had Jared Kushner, you know, come in because he was mad at Chris Christie because Chris Christie threw his dad in jail because his his dad, you know, violated you know a state federal law, whatever it was. Yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, so when that happened, then the whole that whole apparatus changes, and uh, the trajectory of the administration changed. And so had that transition team may, stayed in place, and I think my understanding is for people that I know that were on the uh, tran- that transition team, they said although Chris Christie may not have been the most conservative person, that he was he was he was set on implementing all of the agenda mm, that President Trump had uh, had set forth doing but mm-hmm. once christie was out and jared kushner was the player and then pence comes in and pence comes in that was a good buddies with the uh what's the guy from wisconsin paul ryan yeah you know he's a real solid Anti-Trump, guy right? former house speaker and uh sarcastic there <laughs> but anyway so you know so you had pence over legislative affairs and who's by the way it's probably signaling that he's going to run for for president it's looking like he's got his pack going on there and, yeah. and I would not anyway so uh, so he was over legislative affairs or uh, legislative relations with congress and so he had the ability to work with Paul Ryan who had worked who he had worked with before good friends with Paul and they got really nothing done in the first two years. No. That's well, rhino we, we, activity. Yes, we barely got the tax cuts. Yeah, or excuse me, that's rhino inactivity. Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> and, and you fast forward now, Rob, and then I, I will, we will get to the topic I, br- I brought you on about. But, I, but this is good for our listeners because you and I do this every day. We know how it all works. When, when they're lying on television, mm-hmm. we can spot it. Right. But a lot your average folks who got full-time jobs are working 10, 12 hours a day. They don't have the time to do the, the, the studying that we do. But... On this latest topic, Mitch McConnell said months ago, uh, we will not help the Democrats 
pass another spending bill. <laughs> All right. So that was that was the word on the street. Mitch, and then he went the next day and did it, and then said never again, which we heard that from Trump. True, never again will I pass a continuing resolution like this. Well, Trump passed like four after he said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, McConnell did the same thing, but then Rob, this past month in December. Mitch McConnell helped the Democrats change the rules in the Senate so that they could pass the spending bill that McConnell said he wasn't going to help pass. That's right. I mean, that that's classic. You know, that that's rhino. Uh, that's rhino activity. Yes. Positive rhinoism. Yeah. You know, is what you see there, and that that's what. And and uh, of course, I, I mentioned Paul Ryan. He was. He, we've ta- talked about this before. Paul Ryan said, "Oh yeah, we're going to restore regular order. We're going to." You remember we talked about yeah, all the, those the spending resolutions and I mean the uh, appropriation yes. bills. Yeah, we're going to pass all those out of committee, and we're going to get the budget back together. And you know that was all a, that, that was a nothing burger. It was all talk. Yeah, all talk. And uh, so that's folks. That's a little background of there. When we talk about rhinos and we talk about you know how Republicans have their issues, that's what we're talking about. Um, and there there are issues. Um, and, and one of the main frustrations is you have the Republican Party platform, which sets in motion, is supposed to set in motion, the core issues that the Republican Party cares about. And you look at that platform and you go, man, that is a good platform. From a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective, you look at the party platform and you go, wow, that's really good. These people, it looks like a group of evangelical Christians wrote this platform. Well, it's because they did. Tony Perkins and others wrote the Republican Party platform, but the leaders of the party don't do what's in the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, <coughs> Mitt Romney. Yeah. <laughs> it's all talk and no action. That's where the frustration arises, and that's why we need people in office who do what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, you guys over, or we, over at AFA Action and AFA, uh, we're starting to work on a a. A, a new project, a new division of AFA Action. You want to tell our listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, this is so real exciting to talk about. This is something that I believe that's uh, that's a little bit overdue. There's a lot of people out there, not a lot, but there are people there out in the uh, politosphere that, that are out there uh, evaluating judges and things like that. And so some of them do a good job or a decent job. Some of them do a poor job. But what we're seeking to do at AFA Action is uh, not seeking, but we are doing is is launching a a, um, a division of AFA Action where we are actually going to go look at all of these potential potential judicial nominees that would serve uh, on the Supreme Court, for example. Mm. You know, we saw uh, during the Trump administration that there was one uh, significant organization, or it's considered significant, that uh, put forth several names uh, to the Trump administration, and uh, but. But in reality, not all of those judges that were put before put before uh, President Trump at that time were really solid uh, conservative judges. Hmm. And so what we are seeking to do at AFA Action or committed to do is we are going to vet these uh, potential uh, judicial nominees that we would even prefer, that we hmm. would like to see uh, sitting on the Supreme Court. It's time for it's past time for conservatives to uh, sit back on the sideline and wait for all other people to to see who the president chooses to be the next uh, Supreme mm. Court nominee, who the who the president chooses to be the White House counsel that's so very involved in all of this process. Yeah. And so it's time for uh, us to in conservative Christians, uh, evangelicals to take a hold of that steering wheel, evaluate these people and let the people know. And then tell the Senate, tell the White House, 
uh, and and everywhere in between uh, who we want to serve, uh, even on the not only the on the Supreme Court, on these federal uh, circuit court of appeals, even federal district judges, yeah, uh, appellate judges, and so forth. And uh, and so it's time for us to to really engage that process, and we're doing it. And so we're hoping to be uh, have this up and running. The research really, uh, hopefully, is as soon as uh, maybe about a month from now. Wow, folks, this is this is exciting. And when you support American Family Association, or when you go over and support AFA Action, AFAaction.net, which is the governmental affairs affiliate of AFA, uh, not only are you supporting. Um, the daily operations just to keep things running, but you're supporting, um, you know, uh, offensive projects That's like right. this mm-hmm. where we're going out and we're actually seeking solutions to problems. We're not just talking about problems. We're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Uh, we're actually doing things, meaningful things, um, but we wouldn't be able to do it without your support. So, Rob, thanks for coming on, Hey, brother. thanks, Walker. Appreciate it much. All right, there you have it. That's uh, the latest report from AFA Action and uh, the Judicial review uh, a judicial research process and project that we're working on there at AFA Action uh, to where we can actually research judicial nominees and provide that data, provide that information, provide that research to the public, and also provide it to administrations. For example, you have a Ron DeSantis administration in 2025. You have a Donald Trump administration in 2025. Um, we need to be, Christians need to be at the table with the research saying, here's who we want on the federal bench. Here's who we want as White House counsel to oversee the federal judicial nomination process. We've got to be at the table. You look in scripture, some of the most influential, some of the most impactful people that God used throughout scripture, where were they? They were at the table. We need people behind the scenes, but we also need people at the table. AFA at the core. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.